Hello, Annie. Hello. Can we hear you? We can't hear Annie. <gasps> what is it? You sound techs and musicians, you can't get a microphone to work on Zoom. None of you can. I don't know. Can you hear me now? I sat up. Yeah. There oh, yeah. we go. Yeah. Hello, Annie. This is the Shia Isolation Podcast. It's presented by Kieran Moore and John Ponting. Uh, welcome to the Shia Isolation Podcast. Thank you for joining us once again. Um, hopefully it'll be a little bit cooler when this is being broadcast compared to what it is now because we are absolutely baking. See, I'm, I'm, I'm wilting. I'm wilting, John. Yeah. I don't know how much more I can take. I'm like the vegetable patch in my garden. <laughs> this is the kind of day where it's, I'm quite happy there's no live music on because I don't want to be stuck in a stuffy venue when the weather's like this. Unless you've unless got no. air con going. Yeah, even, which, in the, even in a pub garden, it'd be too hot, wouldn't it? Which has made me think, do you know Mr. Wolf's in Bristol? Yes. I went there, this is a couple of years ago, and we have similar weather conditions, and they had that air con turned down to like 10 degrees. It was the coldest gig I have ever been to, to the point we had to go out in the break and warm up. You had to go out, and as you, get, as you walk out the doors, you get hit by this wall of heat. Yeah. Like a plane in Spain or something. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's look at your product placement, shall we? Because I can see it to the side of you. I can. Well, actually, this, I, I should have a record um, by Stay Voiceless, who we, I think we played on the, one of the early episodes. Um, and I bought the record and it was due to be delivered. And then because of COVID, factory's shut and everything's been delayed. We don't have a record. So I actually don't have a product placement. But what you can see is my Spilt Milk magazine. It, it's good to promote Spilt Milk. So that's um, from Courtney, yes. who was on the show two weeks ago, last week. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. So Spilt Milk is still going. The next episode issue is not out yet. So still got time. Just on that point, if anybody does want to go back through our back catalogue of podcasts, because there's a uh, coming on for 20 in the now, uh, it's all on YouTube, so you can search Shia Isolation and every episode will pop up. There is also, and this, we, we, should, we don't promote this enough, there is a YouTube playlist which covers, it, it includes every track we have ever featured on Shia Isolation. So if you want to listen back to any track and you don't know where to look, just look for the Shia Isolation uh, playlist. playlist and uh, Everything is on there. And you've got a really eclectic mix. Some of it's like country, some of it's folk. We've got a bit of rock in there. We've got all sorts. It's really, really nice, good music. Yeah, including this track we're going to play next, which is by a chap called Will Lawton. So some lovely piano work in this. The track is called Dust. Uh, Kieran, would you like to do the introduction? Will came to me through Trowbridge Town Hall, in in obviously in Trowbridge. Um, And I think his duo, because he does a, a duo called... So he's Will Lawton, and then he does a duo with Weasel Howlett. I think they're called Lawton and Weasel and Lawton. I, I can't remember what the name of the duo is. It's their names, basically. Um, just just being the sun for the fact that your your brain is just not working properly because it's, uh, it's too not hot. Not at all. <laughs> too, way too hot. Um, uh, but when I first so when I first came across them, they're oh, yeah, they're sort of sold to me as a sort of folky duo. I was like, okay, yeah, great. Actually, what it is is Will, obviously, as you just probably pointed out, he's a pianist. He plays piano predominantly, and his drummer Weasel Howlett is a drummer, and they were just a, a piano and drums duo. I would say that um, Will's got a, a, almost a Springsteen-esque to his voice. And there's definitely that kind of traditional application of songwriting in their music, uh, which makes it sort of very traditional and but like, like really crafted, is basically what I'm trying to say. Um, it's not art rock. This is proper songs, properly considered and written. So um, this song is called Dust, yes? Yes, yes. It's a good song.
been loved, I've been shamed, I have grieved and I've been blamed. I've been a shepherd and I've been a spy. I've been a victim and a shoulder to cry. I've given advice, I've taken it back. Hidden in the dark, peeping over the cracks. I've walked on water, been thrown through the air, crushed by the ocean. And as we spin around the sun, I'm just.
so that was Dust by Will Lawton. Uh, cheers for that. It's a lovely little track by uh, Will there. Um, definitely got elements of Springsteen in there, like I said, but predominantly led by him on piano. Great stuff. Um, uh, he's touring. He plays loads in this area. So no doubt, as soon as it, he can, there'll be gigs on the horizon for him. Yeah, okay. Anyway. T- John, I, I don't know about you, but I am flagging so much. I really need a cider in me or something cold. You don't drink, though, or you rarely drink. Well, I rarely drink, but I haven't had an event for six months, so I've again. Yeah, well, it's, it's the weather, isn't it? So recording this in, like, 30-plus degree heat is a bit warm, <laughs> melting over here. <laughs> melting? I, I'm just, it's, yeah, I am. I, I, look, I look ridiculous and terrible. Yeah, now we have got a, a guest coming on the show, as, as we always do, and this week we have Annie Gardner. So, Kieran, who is Annie Gardner? It's not a name I'm familiar with. I came to Annie Garner through her band called Hysterical Injury, who were a two-piece, and it was the most beautiful little two-piece. Uh, it was her brother on drums and herself on bass and vocals. He was previously, Tom, was previously in a band called Kick Tin, who I used to put on in Bath back in the day. Um, so when Hysterical Injury came along, I think it was like love at first sight. The very first time I heard one of the tracks, I was like, it just clicked with me. Just really driving drum and bass, basically, like art rock. Absolutely fantastic. Um, but as I got to know Annie, I discovered there's actually, she's like an onion. There's more layers to her. She's not just a musician, but she's also, uh, she's also a writer. Um, she does lots of um, writing for uh, feminist magazines and stuff and so on. But she also does some installation artwork um, for various things when she used to live in, oh, well, she still lives in Bristol. So hopefully we will get that story out of her in a moment. Um, and what I usually ask is the person we've got on as a guest to say, can you remember how we met? So Annie, do you remember how we met? <laughs> Oh my God, you know, I was thinking about that earlier and uh, I didn't come to a conclusion. I, no. I was wondering if it might have been through Charlie Thought Forms? Poss- possibly through Charlie. I think, I think she introduced me to hysterical injury, but obviously I met Tom because he was in Kicktin, wasn't he? Ah, yes he was. Maybe you met so, Tom first. I did definitely meet Tom first. Yeah. So Tom was yeah. in Kicktin and then right. you formed hysterical injury. He did the original demos that I wanted to find a drummer for, because he wouldn't do it. Oh, really? Really? Really not? No. Oh. I mean, I pulled all kinds of sister jibs uh, on him. <laughs> and <laughs> wasn't happening. It was no dice. It was like, yeah, you're just <laughs> sad. So it was just like, but he did record the demos, and it took me about. I don't know, 18 months to find someone that I really liked working with and that liked the music. And, and that was that was Lee Stone, the original drummer. Uh, so our two EP releases and the first album was pretty much written, recorded with, with Lee Stone. Then Lee left about four and a half years in and Tom replaced him. And then we re-recorded the album with Tom. Then So had by this point, had Tom decided that actually you were quite a cool sister mm. yeah. after he'd come to see us live a few times he was like ah oh, the oh. penny drops <laughs> that's what it's about <laughs> yeah exactly and so what were you doing other than the band at that point in your life what were you doing because you were in bristol weren't you you at bristol uni no at that point in my life i lived in bath my life was sort of dominated by quite a lot of really tough personal circumstances at that time and the band was my one thing that um or at least the music the music i was thinking that was the one thing that would kind of um that I was all together. Fine. and and 
that I could make friends with, if you know what I mean. I was so isolated at the time. Well, the reason, the reason I ask is because I distinctly remember in the very early time of meeting you that you had done um, an NME art installation somewhere. Mm. So tell us more about that. What was that? How, what were you doing at that point? Okay, so that was about 2012. Tiffany Daniels, the editor of Drunken Werewolf at the time, and some other quite known ladies. Bristol ladies put Lady Fest together in yeah. Bristol. Was this, this will be the second Lady Fest we played in Bristol, we played the 2009 one as well. And they had me doing sound on the Friday at the sport, which is now the Sportsman. So I did sound for Crash Paris. They were amazing. <laughs> their, I don't remember them. Their merch, they had pants, like big fat knickers that they tie-dyed pink and, and, and marker pen Crash Paris all over their pants. And I, I, I bought a pair of those pants. I loved them there. I just thought that was <laughs> the coolest thing in the world. They were fantastic. There's an idea for merch. Yeah, the same for them, and, and, and same for, I think it was I Am Horse that played before them, and they had a really complicated setup that night. They had about 10 of them on the oh. stage, and then there was a disco afterwards, and that was really fun, I, and it was really wonderful to be asked to do live sound. I usually do sound recording stuff, yeah. yeah. And the second night we played, um, we were playing with, who was there? It was Mary Epworth. Cool. Scra Scrag. This is the kit. Rosie Clay. Wow. Early, early show for them. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a really good, fun day. And then on the Sunday, there was this art exhibition and Tiffany had said, um, don't you make art or something? You know, <laughs> can you make <laughs> something? You. And I was like, well, yeah, I, I did actually do a fine art degree. And a few, I think about a year previous, the guy from Ulysses, the band Ulysses, yeah. had given me his, Luke, his name was, uh, is, he'd given me 20 years worth of NMEs from 1988 to 2008. Wow. And I was just going through them to kind of find new music and I thought they're going to be useful. He brought them around in these sort of bundles. You know, it was like, it was like somebody... <laughs> It was like someone very early in the morning chucking bundles of newspapers uh, in the general direction of a news agent. But I was carrying all these things up the stairs and they were behind my sofa for about a year. And then Tiffany asked me to do some artwork for, for Ladyfest. And I thought, well, oh, there's some enemies. <laughs> <laughs> what can I do? What can I do? So I just thought, hmm, it's for Ladyfest. So let's just, out of interest, have a look to see how the balances gender-wise on the front covers. And so I started sorting them in between, into four piles of male, female, uh, non-binary or whatever. But at that time I just said, um, I wasn't acquainted with that term no. at that time, but that's kind of what I meant. And then the fourth one was just not human at all. So like trees or something. Yeah. And as I was going along, you know, the pile, the male, yeah, I mean, it was as tall as me. <laughs> I remember the picture. I remember it. I was like this on top of it. This sort of phallic <laughs> statement of, uh, of male a, coverage. A phallic in, statement in, of enemy. Yeah. 
Uh, it was hilarious. My friend Wes, who was sort of managing us at the time, had this hilarious argument on our blog about uh, with with one of the editors of the NME from '91. Wow. And he his argument, which is often the argument, oh, there aren't any women, women, you know, but it's often the argument. But of course, there is. People just don't look. Yeah. Lazy. They yeah. just look at their, whatever comes through their PR box. I know. Yeah. I've been a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> for a short while. Actually, that's what I was doing. That, that is exactly what I was doing when I started Starry I was in a band called Venus Pagardus and I was the music editor for Decode magazine. How could I forget that? There you go. Oh, See? The weather. It's, it's too hot to remember things like that. It's too... <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was a long time ago and it's really hot in here. Hysterical <laughs> uh, injury sadly come to an end two years ago now. No, well, we uh, the story went like this. So we made our final album and we did a little kind of big launch tour last big launch tour <laughs> a party tour with three or four dates and that was our sort of goodbye tour and that was last march and it was all you know especially when we played the, the final show it was it was bewilderingly powerful i think um you know i definitely felt like the dragon was no longer containing me and it had and it left <laughs> And, and I sort of saw this beast, you know, the last, the beast kind of... As it left your body. As it left my body, galloped off into the universe, and that was that, thank you very much, and we were done. September rolls around last year, and I'm all despondent, I can't remember what I was doing. I think I was working on this album, this new one, actually. One of them days uh, where I was just having a sort of existential crisis, this happens a lot in my life, and I get this text from Billy Fuller, all right, mate. Yeah, you want a stoical injury? Want to sport beak in? Uh, in oh, that's right. Uh, UK tour. I was like, what? <laughs> well, obviously, you can't <laughs> say no to that, can you? You cannot say no to. Neither do I want to. Not you. Not only you can't. Yeah. I wouldn't want to. I love Billy's playing. I love beak. I'm now with Matt, who was in beak. You know, he's my true companion and true love in life and like so it's just so oh. weird it's so it was such a weird but i was reading the text going what what like honestly i tried to palm him off with my new band a little <laughs> bit but he won't have it he goes yeah of course i'll listen to it he said but we really want this <laughs> it was quite he really and i said okay phone my brother oh. my brother went oh, all right then and i was like let's just play the album then okay great yeah cool Simple. Matt was like oh nice one and so I said yes Billy and he was like great I'll send you the itinerary <laughs> just like that just like that and I thought okay now I feel like a fool I've got to tell all my friends that I'm like reneging on my very emphatic last gig you know and did you did you find the inner beast on that tour because I didn't see that tour unfortunately I found a new beast it was definitely a new beast because we thought the beak tour should be just new album stuff and it's a very different atmosphere that album from all the other stuff we've done yeah it was definitely very very dark and very 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 bright so and i I think it probably in that album as well it it also showed your your development of your own personal skill in recording because eric's the previous album which was a lot more straightforward for one Mm. of the best all these different layers and electronica and all the rest of it all coming in into that mix. I was like, massive leap. 
Yeah, it was a massive leap, and 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 you know, then it was another leap to try and get that working live because obviously I, I bet. Played, I played guitar all over it, and we're just a bass and drums band. I just sort of smothered it in guitar. We cherry picked the ones that were the easiest to do live. <laughs> um, we did use samples. We used samples. We used some slightly different vocal effects and stuff like that. And it and yeah. it was it wound up it wound up sounding very very different to what people at least over the years have recognised hysterical injury to be. It wasn't so much big orange <laughs> vocal on the top. It was like dark. <laughs> Is that the official finish of hysterical injury? Uh, I think she's sleeping. Okay, right. I think she's sleeping. So, in which case, that brings us nicely to your new <laughs> solo project. The first thing I'll release is a solo album with under my own name. Just, just Annie Gardner. Just Annie Gardner. And I just got my three-quarter size nylon string guitar that my dad gave me when I was about 13 years old, maybe, maybe earlier. And I thought, right. Three Chords and the Truth. I love that <laughs> way of writing. Do you want to introduce the song you've chosen this week? Who have you chosen and why? That's a track by the Hanson family called Weightless oh. Again. And that track is, is another one of those tracks that I go back to again and again and find new mean, new emotion in it. I don't want to say meaning. I don't think it's meaning exactly. It's like it hits me again and, and you know, it's very physical, kind of like, oh, you know. Just the chorus of that song. You, you gotta, you gotta hear it.
can't talk today it's too hot it's been too hot it is a few days ago yes there was the red alert campaign and all kinds of sound tech people and people from the industry who who it's their profession to to put the lights on and get the sound pumping they they did marches through manchester and i think a couple of other cities as well london yeah manchester and london and some of the more significant venues they changed all their lighting so it was red to to signify red alert which one sorry Comedian in Bath did that, did all the, turned all their lights red? Their lights are red anyway. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> a lot of effort there, was Like an old-fashioned cinema. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know a lot of people put um, empty flight cases on the steps of Parliament as well, and on the steps of, um, in, in London. Not like as a, like a barrier, but I've had people have to walk through them. So it was like a real statement, like you have to walk around, navigate around this, basically, art installation on the steps, which I thought was really, really poignant as well, because... Um, Majority of the music industry is self-employed. It's a pretty unregulated industry, in all honesty. And a lot of these people are self... I mean, I'm self-employed as well, technically. Um, I'm, I don't, it's not my living, so I'm, I'm quite shielded from it. But I know an awful lot of people who are self-employed and, as a consequence, struggling. And it, this goes beyond venues, obviously, out into all the, all the staff and all the people that make these things work. These people haven't had steady employment, certainly not in the music industry, since... February, March. So I know a lot of people have been doing delivery jobs, etc., to get by. But obviously, that's not their skill set. That's not what they enjoy doing. That's not they are. They, they are basically the skills that are the grease that hold the industry together and keep it going and keep it keep it happening. We just need to say if any bands do want to contact us, then our email address is shitisolation at gmail So you can send us some tracks on there. We just ask that uh, you have a YouTube video just so we can feature it on our video version of the podcast. Uh, you've got a nice collection of tracks to. to rummage through in there Kieran so I keep you busy one evening this week I was, I was literally rummaging through it half an hour ago and uh, <laughs> with, with that we will end this podcast so it's been lovely to chat to everybody and uh, next week's guest um, tell us about next week's guest Kieran next week's guest is Trey Stead and Trey is a tour manager um, she's not southwest based but obviously because of the uh, as we talked about earlier the, the recent um, protest march that's been happening we thought it would be apt to have Trey in and talk about her experience with um, lockdown, not out of work, what she's been doing instead of because of COVID. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you next week, mate. Toodles. Bye.